0: Welcome to the Financial Advisors Edge podcast, a show created by financial advisors for financial advisors. Are you ready for some straight talk about building and growing a financial services practice? Four advisors in different states at different firms that have each built $100 million plus practices from scratch the right way through hard work, doing the right thing, and having fun while doing it. It's time for you to get the edge. Here are your hosts, Brad Warhurt, Jeff Copeland, Jim Martin, and Greg Gonzalez. Hey,
1: welcome into to another episode of the Financial Advisors Edge podcast. I'm Jim Martin. Along with me today is Greg and Brad, and we are on a happy hour episode. And a lot of folks don't know what the heck we're talking about. We're talking about a happy hour, but we're recording this after hours, and there might or might not be adult beverages uh as part of this podcast. So if we get a little uh if we get a little off the rails, you're just gonna have to uh just have to give us some some grace. We want to thank you for uh listening to the show. You know, we we started this, we've we've been friends for a long time, and we've we've really had these kind of conversations like we have on the show internally with each other for years now. We just thought that. It'd be a lot of fun to bring it out into the world on these shows, and I hope you're finding a lot of value in it. And today, we're talking about something that just flat out drives Brad crazy. And uh, in in turn, we laugh about this, but it's it's so truthful. You know, a lot of people, if you're working at Edward Jones or Merrill Lynch or Ameriprise or wherever, you've heard the magical stories of the independent advisor getting 92% payout. Or, or the RA advisor like myself getting a hundred percent payout, and you've heard all these stories about if you if you left Jones where you're, you know, you're giving them sixty percent and you're getting nothing. Oh, you're going to go and make ninety two percent, and it's the land of milk and honey. And uh, our goal today is to talk a little bit about the uh, well, maybe some of the the lies that is are 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 out there, some of the misconceptions around independence and we're all independent advisors so i want to make sure we're really clear like we have a bias towards that but we also have a a big bias to the truth so uh let, let's just kick it over to you brad you know you you have ranted on this uh more than anyone i've ever met and actually i've i've seen you uh bring recruiters to tears over this <laughs> <laughs> that's a true story so yeah. So if let me if I if I was uh if I was working at let's say a, a regional a regional wire and I wanted to go independent am I going to get a 90% payout? Absolutely not. You'll get
2: 90% of what they show you, but that's not a 90% payout. Um you know, I think there's a couple of big categories where they're less than truthful and uh, I you guys already know that the number one category I want to talk about is program fees. Yeah. Yeah. The unspoken truth of independence. Um, you know, for anybody coming maybe from a wire, or a, a larger firm where, um, you don't really have program fees, you know, your payout's probably around 40%. You charge the client 1%. You can do simple math and figure out <laughs> how much you're getting on, uh, on that fee, uh, on the independent side. I think the biggest drain on your, on your income is the existence of program fees or admin fees. If you guys heard, uh, Greg, do you, do they call them program fees at, at your broker dealer?
3: yeah they're like it's an advisory um admin fee admin fee right yeah, yeah. Yep.
2: Um, <clears throat> yeah, i used to
1: pay that as well yeah yep. yeah
2: and you know for those of you that don't know it works like this you know if your fee based platform on the independent side has a you know has a 10 basis point program fee which is not all that bad all things considered uh what that means is if you charge the client one percent they're going to take that 10 basis point program fee off the top and pocket it. And then they're going to put the remaining not remaining 90 basis points through your grid. So if you're at that 90% grid, you're actually getting 81 basis points on your 1% fee. And I didn't go to Harvard, but 81 basis points on a hundred is not a 90% payout.
1: Yeah. And, and it doesn't stop there. That's, no. not, the, that's no. not the only fee they, uh, they rip from you. What are some other fees that broker dealers uh, they, they don't like to talk about, but they exist that overall reduce your payout.
3: Ours will, you get to pick whether, you you know, the the ticket charges, are you passing those off to the client or not? So ticket charges, you know, that could be if you're purchasing ETF stocks, mutual funds, whatever it is in your advisory platform. Again, um, you got to pay for those. So that just brings, I mean, those, those, you know, they're not, you know, they can be significant if you're doing a lot of transactions. So-
1: yeah. And if you rebalance, uh, if you yeah. rebalance a lot, it's, it's good at, and, and if you have a lot of accounts, I mean, if you're, if you're a high volume kind of shop mm-hmm. and you've got, um, if you got five 500 to a thousand thousand accounts and you're eating the ticket charge, Holy smokes, you're just going to get, uh, you're going to get crushed on that if you rebalance more than once a year. And then, and then it doesn't stop there on fees. I mean, we, we've got program fees, we've got potentially ticket charges, Look, when you go independent, you've got to pay for your technology too. Like every time you're going to sit down, they're going to they're going to do a monthly deduction for technology in ENO. Every time. Do you guys pay that on your side? Uh, sometimes that's called an
2: affiliation fee.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, that's a fancy word, isn't yeah,
2: it? Yeah, well, you know, people get sick of paying it, just change the name. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, tired of program fees? We've got rid of those. Now we only have admin fees. They're the same. But maybe you'll feel better.
3: <laughs> I just and the ENO, it just shocks me. Like, um, you know, when I was starting out, I started out independent as a lot of people know, but my ENO fee when I was starting out from nothing was the same as it is now. And I'm doing so much more business than I was, obviously. But but you don't, it's not like it's not like auto insurance when you're if you're driving a beater, your insurance is going to be dirt cheap versus if you're driving a Lamborghini, you know, the cost to insure the thing is going to be a fortune. So it's the E&O insurance is like fixed. It's crazy. So, you know, I
2: don't I think there's there's fees I think we should talk about that are I kind of view it as there's value added fees and non-value added fees. Yeah. Now, I almost see, you know, ENO, I don't consider it, that's a fee you need to be aware of on the independent side. But. Uh, you know, I think you're talking a couple thousand bucks at most for most shops, depending on what you run. But, you know, at least you know that you need that. Right. right. You, right. you, do you, need, you that. need financial planning software and technology. Sure. Program fees, on the other hand, are ticket charges. Let's face it. I mean, whose fee based platform is any different than their brokerage platform, besides the fact that they deleted commissions and started billing fees? Yeah, no,
1: this, good point. This, this is a way that broker dealers have figured out to reach into your pocket and create residual income for themselves. Yeah. That's that's all. This is a huge money grab and they can run out and say that their their payout is 95% or their payout is 90% when you you know if you run any kind of advisory business it's just not.
2: Yeah. You, you know what I think why I think they come to do this is You know, it's kind of like back what the mutual fund industry did with with B shares when they came out to kind of combat the the no load fund push to make it kind of appealing or eye catching to people to think they could pay no load and still work with a person. Yeah, I I think program fees are just a way that that broker dealers can advertise some sizzle to us with 90 or 95 percent payouts. Yeah. What they really want to say, I think, it might, it, it, look, if you guys need 20 or 30% of our revenue, just say that. Just say that. But they don't want to because they won't get as many people looking at their firm or at the Indie Channel unless they can say, you know, 98, 96% payout. Yeah,
1: uh, and, and, and if you're part of a, if you're part of a, a wire, not a wire house, but a wirehouse or regional firm, you might be uh, drinking the Kool-Aid and, and have not really discovered this stuff. And you might not understand what the impact of these fees are over time. I mean, look, take take 10 bips or 20 bips out of your book over a 20 year or 15 year period, and you were paying these guys millions of dollars to do what? Yeah. And 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 if they needed to stay in business, you know, that to Brad's point, I think that's legit, but I mean, at least be honest. I mean, <laughs> I, by the way, these firms are not fiduciaries. This is really important. They are not there to act in your best interest. They are there to protect their interests. Doesn't mean they're bad firms. Doesn't mean they're doing anything nefarious, but but let's be really honest here. Uh they're there to make money. Yep.
3: Yeah. Yep. And it's it's interesting that the different firms, like the admin fees, or they could they call it a different fee, but but they're always, you know, the I guess if, if you're the person that's kind of looking to go independent, you're kind of just sorting at the different payouts. Okay. This one's higher than this. This maybe the, EO is cheaper here, but, but a lot of them are not even looking at the admin fees and all these other fees that, that play into that. So it's, it's kind of hard to compare when all the broker, all the different broker dealers are calling different fees, different things. You know, it's yep. um, it's crazy to me. So let, let's say guys, you're out, um, you're shopping and you're gonna to
1: start to look at broker dealers. What, what are we looking at? What do we need to do to vet these guys?
3: Yeah. I, I I would uh if it were me, I would ask around. I would I would call somebody like Brad or not, don't call Brad, but <laughs> don't call but, Brad. But no, <laughs> let, let's Brad, go ahead and
1: we get Brad's phone number out on the podcast.
2: I haven't <laughs> given it to enough people yet. I think I should probably we should be putting it on the podcast. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah,
1: <okay.
3: laughs> but but you know, if you know somebody obviously at that broker dealer, hopefully you can call somebody and they'll give you the the real scoop of hey, this is what you need to know, this is where you're gonna get ripped off or, or whatever, uh, because the recruiters or whatever titles they give those people, they're going to give you, oh, the, the, it's it's so great. And it's look at the rainbows and stars. And this is why you want to choose us and not these other places. We're better. But you, you really, I would personally, I would want to talk to an advisor who is with that particular uh, broker dealer. So, you know, I
2: think I would, I mean, I would I would obviously I want to see the program fees and ticket charges. Number one, number one, I want to see that because if you're going to charge me a thirty basis point ticket or program fee, I don't need to know anything else. Right, right. So I would want to know that. Obviously, the other affiliation fees, the tech fee. Not only what the fee is, but what does it include? Yeah, what do I get? Yeah, some broker dealers with that tech fee that could be you know kind of salty five six seven hundred bucks a month but you maybe are also getting access to Red Tail or, or Money Guide Pro or, or something, or maybe you're not. But I think it's important to know what you're getting for that money. You know, obviously I think that's gonna be pretty standard, but just be aware that you're gonna have a couple thousand bucks going to, you know, insurance. And then, you know, I, what, uh, what do you guys think? Should we, I'm, I'm trying to think on the fly here and it's not going that well. What, what about some, not just the independent broker dealers, right? But what are some of the other costs that people coming from the employee channel need to be aware of and investigate that are coming out of that magical ninety-two percent payout?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I'm. I think I think, and maybe this wasn't. This doesn't answer the question, but you, you can't just close your eyes to the fact of um, when you leave. Let's let's just use a uh, if you have a a forty percent payout. And you you think you're giving the the your wire, your broker dealer 60%, but you're also getting an office, you're getting all this stuff paid for, you're getting admin, you're probably getting some benefits included, some social security. You know, there's a lot of things that are included inside of there that you might or might not might not be aware of. So I think you need to, I I really think you almost need to say, okay, to Brad's point, I've got a hundred thousand dollar advisory account. What do I net from that? Yeah. Like if I charge one percent, what's my net fee per quarter per year or whatever now, after program fees, admin fees, ticket charges and everything else you want to lump it and yeah. then you've got to go through the process of understanding that you're going to if you have an assistant, you need to hire an assistant, you've got to have office space, you've got to have you've got to buy your own computers, you've got to buy your own furniture. all of this stuff costs money. you've got to have your cyber security up to date uh, you know all of that stuff. I think when you really weigh it, this is this is the kind of the misnomer. People see that ninety two percent payout and they're like, "Yes, I'm going to leave and get this." But when you really weigh it down, I don't think you should leave for money. I don't. I don't think the payouts are that much better. I mean, if you run a decent sized book, it might be at like the you know the two hundred thousand dollar GDC. You might be able to make it work working out of your basement or something. Right. 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 But, but, but short of that, I mean, you run a $50 million book. I'm not sure the payouts are better. I
3: don't think you, I don't think you leave for the, for the, for the
1: payout. I think you leave for the independence and the freedom.
3: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, (laughs) being able to, if if you're a captive advisor, uh, obviously they, they're not going to give you, you're not going to have your own DBA. You're not, you can't really build a brand really, uh, you know, uh, of your own. You're having your own website. Then you've got to come up with business cards. You know what marketing are you going to do? All these different things that the captive advisor doesn't think of.
2: Guys, what do you think about this idea? And feel free to tell me no. <laughs> what if right now? What if we just? What if we just do a little hypothetical, and I'll jot down what do we? Let's attach some dollars and cents to this. Let's pretend. Let's make a hundred. Make a hundred million dollar uh, one one advisor practice. Yep. We're doing a million in product, doing it charging one percent. Let's just keep, let's just talk this out and keep track of what is the what's the net end up being. Yeah, let's do it. That's right. 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 So we got hundred million bucks. We're charging one percent.
1: Yeah. That's there. Right? So we
2: got a we got a one million dollar, we got a million bucks in revenue. Right. So, so
1: so we got a 90% payout.
2: And let's say, all right, so we got a 90% payout. But first we're gonna take off, let's pick either ticket charges or program fees to come off the top of that.
3: Okay, let's just say program fees. Just without adding
2: math. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do we think is a fair? No program. Wait, no program fees are fair. Right. What do we think an average program fee might be? What twenty bips? Is that pretty standard? I, I think I average around twenty. Do you? Okay. Okay. Greg, I'm sure you're, I think think your broker dealer is less than mine in terms of program fees.
3: Yeah. And it depends on the size uh, where I am. It depends on the size of your business. A hundred million is a good size. So you'd probably, I was thinking more like five BIPs, but let's go in the middle go 10.
1: That's the 10.
2: I know I'm way above 10 and plenty other people are. So let's go 10. All right. So we got a, we got program fees at a hundred thousand dollars. Where do we want to go next? Affiliation, yeah. What, what are you gonna pay 700 800 bucks a month for all this? Depends on the broker dealer, but I think I'm closer to four. Okay, how about you, Greg?
3: I when I add up like uh state fees, uh, eno, all that, it's about a thousand a month. All right, you know, when I a technology fee and all that, so that that's kind of what it adds it, up.
2: That includes your eno and your licensing,
3: yep, yep, it's about a thousand a month.
2: All right, so let's do eno. Licensing and affiliation at we call it ten thousand bucks a year.
1: Yeah, that's good. Yeah. All right. Well, you got you've got to pay for your own social security. We can do that at the end, though. Yep. Yep. Um Well, we want to. We're if we're listen if
2: we're doing a million in production with nine figures in assets, we got an assistant where we're coming from, so we're going to need an assistant at our independent shop.
1: Yep. We're paying her seventy grand a year, or at least you ought to be paying her some like something in that nature. Yep. I think Greg, you think that's. That's good with
3: me. 70 grand. Let's just include that. Uh, It's a round number. I like it. Yep. And
2: guys, just keep in mind here also, we're not, 70 is our expense. Remember, you're going to be paying some Social Security and Medicare tax, contributing to retirement, maybe providing benefits. So, even if you're in a lower cost area and you're paying 50, you're going to have, as a salary, you're going to have other uh, other expenses on there. So I think 70 is a pretty conservative.
1: Yeah. I, I think so. Yeah. A $50,000 employee costs you 70 grand.
3: Yeah, sure. absolutely. So. Yep. Yep.
1: So what about rent? You know, you're going to have, a, you're not going to be in class C office space as an advisor with a hundred million dollar practice. You're going to right. be in class B, class C, 1200 square foot. You're paying... 1500 bucks a month in rent, I think at least. Yeah. It'll it depends. I'm in a really rural area, so that's what it costs me. But if you look, you're in California, you might be paying three grand, four grand a month. So yeah. let's say two thousand just to be average. All
2: right. I'm just gonna, yeah, i will throw uh, I'm doing it annually, so I'll just throw I'll throw in 25 grand. Yep, yeah. Well, we won't count, you know, lawn care and snow removal, then that'll help us with the roundup. There you go. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah and then, and then we've got to add in all of our stuff in our office. We've got to we've got to buy computers, we've got to buy furniture. We've got to, I don't know if you've priced the conference table out there anytime soon, but I could go in the conference table business. It might be as lucrative as being an advisor. Um they're expensive. Nice ones. Not the not the cheap, not the cheap. Yeah. yeah, I mean what what would that cost you? 15 grand to get an office set up. Oh uh, yeah,
3: yeah, Absolutely.
1: Not a nice office. Or so Again, we're managing people's life savings. You're not going to uh, Costco to buy the cheapest stuff on the on the floor.
3: Right. IKEA,
1: right? IKEA—that's that, a better better solution. <laughs> what about? Um, how about some
2: other stuff? I mean, that's all one-time expense, and we know we're going to have uh, we're going to have to budget
3: something for for upfront. Um, but I mean, you've got internet, you've got yeah. phone lines. You know, if you're doing utilities, it's all the utilities. Yeah, yeah. You and that five
1: hundred bucks a month easy on that. Yeah,
2: fun story, guys. If you've never been a business owner, and that's not meant as a knock, but you better you're going to run into a lot of these services automatically become triple the price because it's a commercial account. Yeah, right? yeah,
1: right. So your yeah, your your you're hundred megabyte per yeah. whatever internet that is at home forty nine ninety nine is now now two hundred forty nine dollars. <laughs>
3: right.
2: <laughs> On the same wire with the same service guy into the same router, yeah. still two hundred a month.
3: Yeah, so right. gonna
2: put just put that in at five grand for phone, internet, general utilities, stuff like that. That's probably that probably makes sense.
3: Good. Yeah, okay. you've got you know you got FedEx and all you know all that kind of stuff, right. postage. Yep. Yeah, you can add another five hundred
1: for miscellaneous for printer maintenance and and yeah. FedEx and all the other stuff. Easy.
2: Yep. So, right. So uh, you know, what, uh, Jim, you just mentioned Social Security and Medicare tax.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Let's, do we have the big ones on here right now, so we can get a quick
1: total? See what we're yeah, doing. Yeah, I think so. I think so.
2: All right. So right now, so we got two ten in expenses off of a million in revenue. There you go. So we're already at seven hundred. We're already down to seventy nine percent payout.
1: Yep.
2: Right now, from there, I think that's probably uh, a good a good time to talk about some of the other some of these taxes that we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You, you, that, that's where your payout is. It goes from 90 to 80. I'm uh, not 80 because we have the program fees at 10. We're getting paid 90 Now we're at 80. It, it, then you've got all the other stuff. Then yeah. you've got your Medicare taxes. You're going to have to pay. You got to pay that out of pocket. It's being yeah. deducted. Now you've got to cover your own match in your 401k. Right. right? Now you've got to pay for your own vacations. Yes. Because <laughs> yeah. You got a hundred million dollar practice. The firm is sending you places once or twice a year. That feels like an Edward Jones rip. Yeah, <laughs> hey, those div trips are pretty. I don't know what they call them anymore, but they were divot. They were called div trips when I was there. They probably something else now. They probably got a, a better Elizabeth Warren probably made them change their name. <laughs> but, but, um, but but they were pretty awesome. What a, what you got to pay your social security tax, right? And yep. by the way, you got to pay your cleaning lady to come in and all the other stuff for your. your uh, for your office yeah yeah so i you know what so i
2: think it's safe to say on our oh you know what hold on a sec guys i actually well i'm wrong we got to back up here
1: yeah, I think you missed I, 10%. I, I did
2: because I took I took all of our expenses. We just tallied off of our gross revenue. I didn't put it through
3: the grid first. Right, right. Okay, yeah. That's why I was
1: saying. You've got 10% there,
2: yeah. Yeah, so we're taking 100K in program fees off the top of a million and we're putting 900 through the grid at 90%.
3: At 90%, right. right? So
2: we're starting with 810 and then taking off 100 $110,000. So we're down, I'm sorry. We're down to $700,000 before any of the taxes or any of the stuff that we just, so we're down to a 70% pay.
1: 90 off. turns into 70 real fast.
2: Yep. 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 So and, pretty much, I guess what we're saying, as far as fee-based business goes, the payout is actually 70%, not 90. And then you can deduct from there what you decide to spend money on for your practice, Assistant furniture, whatever, and what the government is going to make you spend money on, which is the other side of your social security and Medicare, and then anything you choose to do for yourself, like matching your, you know, your single K or whatever retirement plan you have. Yeah. So,
3: so what what seemed a service level, a million dollars, 90% payout, I'm making, I'm going to bring home $900,000 is all of a sudden a lot, lot less.
1: Yeah. Oh, sure. And if you, if you go through, let's just say a, a wire or a regional and you you're getting a 40% payout when you add all that stuff back in back yeah. in yeah those, those payouts get really close yeah they like do really close yeah. i mean but, and we're not talking maybe, maybe 5% which is actually pretty significant but but when you leave by the way when you leave jones or merrill or ubs you're not taking 100% of that business i don't care how good you are yep there there is nobody that takes Every client they
3: want. And if they are, they're lying to you. There are so, some people who are going to sit sit there and stay. So why don't we, you know, if, if we were talking to somebody that was leaving uh, you know, a captive firm and was going independent, let's talk about the opportunity. And a couple of things that that come to mind is that I've talked to some people who have made that transition for all the people they were undercharging, let's say they weren't charging them one percent because. Maybe they were trying to win the business, you know, trying to be the lowest cost guy. And, and maybe they were charging somebody 75 bps. Whenever they went independent, now the relationship's already built. Now they can charge them one and a quarter or whatever the fair market value, of, you know, a competitive advisory fee is. So at that point, when you transition over, you can really set the fee. When you're independent, you can set the fee, whatever you want. So that's uh, maybe you charge more than the 1%.
1: Right. I think you could. Most people don't. They're so scared of those people not following them. And they're so yeah. scared of losing that revenue that they chicken out <laughs> and, and they just do. And they keep that fee where it is to their own. To Greg, it's a good point. They should do that hundred percent, but I just, I don't think they do it. I think they, um, I think they get cold feet on it because if I remember when I, when I went independent, it, it's frightening. It, it's yeah. uh, you, you've got this book of business you're going to leave the firm. You're going to go to another firm with zero dollars. You're worried about getting sued. And all of a sudden you're calling people and you're not, you're not really allowed to negotiate to be on the right side of the, uh, of the law there, but you, you're, you're doing, you're saying whatever you need to say from probably like a cost perspective to win the relationship. Yeah. So, so I think it's a great idea. I don't know if it, I don't know if people <clears> practice it though.
2: You know, Jim. Another thing, as far as people leaving for the money, another thing that they, I think they should consider: not only you're not going to take a hundred percent, you're also you know you're, you're also going to look at transition money in this and in, in the decision yeah. process. Another thing you need to consider is even if you are, even if you do take everyone you want, you're not going to snap your fingers and do that, right? Right. Right. I mean, you know, if you've got even you know if you have 150 or 200 households, that's going to take some time. And anybody that misses a billing month. That's lost revenue that you're, you know, offset it to your 40 or 50 basis point transition money.
1: Yeah, you, you, that's a great point because um, that transition money, you can essentially assume there's a quarter where you're not going to bill your clients. Yeah, Right. Uh, it's just going to, it's good. Or, you know, and remember, you might be in a firm where they charge monthly and now you're going to a firm that it's charged quarterly in the rears and it's, the other firm's been charging monthly in advance or whatever it is. And then, yeah. oh, oh, wow. I mean, it can be really, it uh, can be really impactful. And by the way, don't think that RA is all all roses either. A lot of times people run around and talk about, oh, RA, you get 100% payout. You actually do get 100% payout. There's no program fees yet. Uh, Don't worry. That's, that's, that will happen. uh, I think. And and then, but you've got to pay, you've got to address ticket charges and then all of the other costs that are on top of that, where, where Greg's getting charged a thousand bucks a month, which sounds really good to me. I'm paying, I'm playing a la carte for all of my stuff and I can promise it's more than that. So, and then I have to do my own compliance and everything else. So none of these channels deliver what they promise from a payout perspective. Right.
2: Right. Yeah. You know, guys, I think we should do another we should talk another time about we're mostly comparing captive to kind of indie broker dealer for the most part. But I think that we should also take a look at the difference between indie broker dealer and pure RIA at some yes. point, because, Jim, just what you mentioned, you know, we, we ripped kind of on affiliation fees earlier, but that they do kind of include some things. I think a lot of people won't even realize. And Jim, you can correct me if I'm wrong. You don't even have included performance reporting software. That is something as an RIA, you must do due diligence on, select and pay for on your own. Just performance software. Yes, yeah. performance software or CRM or a lot of the stuff that we take for granted, you uh, as a as a benefit, you get to pick it. And as a con, you have to pick it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I when, when, when knowing the size of Greg's practice, when he talked about his E and O and it hasn't gone up for however long he's been an advisor, it's gone up very very few. When, once you're on the RIA space, and you have a hundred million dollars, they start pricing you differently. Like in really? Oh yeah, my E and O is ridiculous. I mean, you know, I think it's ridiculous. Like six thousand,
3: seven thousand dollars a year. And I mean we, that that that's the way it should be because you know, uh, really. The way it is for us, it's if you if you charge the same thing, four grand or whatever it is a year, the lower people are subsidizing the higher people, right? Yeah. It's so that's I mean, yeah. it's great for the higher people, but shoot, when you're just starting out, it sucks. So yeah,
1: yeah, and remember these uh, these numbers. If you run a smaller practice, it's not like your affiliation fee or your program fee goes down. And your fixed cost might be the same. I mean, you still need a nice office. Uh, look, if you're trying to run a successful practice, you ought not to do it out of your basement. You, you should have an assistant to delegate things to. And those fixed cost, uh, th- they're the same when you're smaller as opposed to not 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 at twenty million. But if you've got sixty million, your fixed cost is the same as somebody with eighty million. So- exactly. You know, it exactly. it it really changes the dynamic a lot. Let me ask this. I want to I want to I want to flip the script. Greg, let's imagine um we've been beaten up on indie broker dealers and in the cost. Let's imagine you get an office from or get a call from a from a recruiter in St. Louis and says, "Greg, I've got an office down the street. 150, 200 million dollars. You can step in tomorrow. But you got to leave the
3: independent space. You're going captive. You doing it?" I'm not. I'm not There's a pause there buddy. Yeah. I'm not because there's a couple different things. Um because I've gotten those phone calls before. Um and typically if it's a 150 million dollar practice, it maybe it's a dinosaur practice with a bunch of old, you know, CDs. I mean they're 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 giving you everything. That doesn't mean that it's all wrapped at 1% or anything like that. Right. Or or it could be like you know, 6,000 accounts or something like that. Uh but um, but no, I'm not just because at my age and, and I know how much we're growing. I, I know I can kind of do the math and say, okay, if I just repeat like the last five years of growth in five years where I'm going to be, it, it's monster monster. That's, that's yeah. all I need. And I just value having my own company and doing my own thing. I, I don't like, and the fact that if I went captive, I could be fired at any time. And that's just like, you know, there's there's places where if you do the littlest thing, like if you have a, a like alcohol in your office or something like that, you're going to get fired. It's like, are you kidding me? Like yeah, if a client I gives can't, me a I
1: I can't have a beer after I mow the grass that I'm forced to mow at our office. <laughs> 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 I
3: know.
1: Look seriously, guys. At one captive firm where we have a mutual friend, they're not allowed to recommend uh, Roth conversions. They're not allowed to recommend where they move the If a client says, "I want to make a, an IRA contribution and I want to put five thousand dollars in, should I put it my traditional
3: or my Roth?" They're not allowed to recommend that. Yeah, and they, there's a, a friend of ours that that can't recommend. Oh, I cannot give you tax advice or estate planning advice. It's like, okay, well, they're they're just we're talking about simple capital gains here, buddy, but they are not allowed. To say, oh, we do not offer tax advice here. You're gonna have to go to HR Block or something, your CPA. It's like I, gotta be kidding me, man. Come on.
2: I just want to point something out about our industry right now that we're sitting here saying, How absurd is it that it as an employee, you're not allowed to drink at your desk? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, only in our industry would we think to point that out. Like, can you believe that the employee advisors aren't allowed to drink at the office? <laughs>
3: Well, but but in the back of your mind, you can get fired for the littlest thing. And, and if you had a hundred million dollar practice, you would think they would kind of let you slide with more stuff. But we've all heard the story of the guy getting let go because, you know, something was something was taken wrong or mis- misunderstood or something. So, sure.
1: um, yeah, I don't know. I, no, I think it's a, I think it's a good point. I, I think it, it it underlines why you leave. You, you don't leave for the paycheck although i think it'll be slightly larger and there are some benefits some write-off benefits there are some things that are advantageous to being your own boss but by the way being your own boss it, it sucks sometimes yeah. uh, it, it is a it, it is it is difficult as an advisor to be a ceo of a company to be an advisor and a manager all at the same time but the real reason you leave the real reason is control like you you just want to you want to to Greg's point, you want to you want to be in control of your own destiny. Yeah. If you want to do a TV show, you go to a compliance and get it done. Good luck at a wire or a regional getting that done. I mean, if you want to do a radio show, or you want to do a blog, or even some simple simple something simple like our podcast, it would be almost impossible there. Yeah, Brad. Let me let me throw it back to you. What do you w- would you ever consider? Not, not ever, because ever is a long time, <laughs> Yeah, but you know, in the next like 12 months, you get that call. Somebody has got a pretty big office, let's say 150 million. It's down the road from you. And now you can go and become an employee at this firm, but get a nice office and a pretty cushy life. You doing it?
2: No,
3: I don't think so. Yeah. Me either. No, no. Why not? Why not? Brad, tell them. <laughs> <laughs> No, <laughs> Brad, Brad
1: runs the proverbial lifestyle practice. <laughs> Greg
2: gave the right answer. Yeah, I have nothing yeah. to add. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Okay. Good. Uh, good.
1: <laughs> yeah. I. You know. I think. Um. I think we've given people a lot to think about. And, um. You know. I, we'll go around for final thoughts here in a second. But. You know, if, if it's my final thought around, um, around trying to figure out if you should go independent or not, it's not so much, again, about the paycheck, but you need to understand. Exactly what you're going to get paid. So do the math. Go slow. Don't make don't make rash decisions. You're really talking about your future here. And you could, if you make a wrong decision, cost yourself millions of dollars. I mean, really, millions of dollars. And you know, you're a financial professional. Take your time and do it right. Greg, how about you? Any uh, any final thoughts tonight?
3: Yeah, I, I would think long and hard about it, and, and we're not trying to slam anybody on the captive side. Believe us, uh, you know, there's a lot of advisors that just don't want to mess with payroll, and they don't want to mess with having an office and and all that kind of stuff, and they're perfectly happy with a 40 percent payout and saying, "Hey, I work for this firm, I do what they tell me." You know, it, I'm happy here, and that that's totally fine if that's what you're used to, it's what you're comfortable with, great. Um, but there has to be more, I. I Getting back to what Jim said, if you do want to go independent, it has to be more than the money. It has to be, you know, hey, I'm building a brand here. I want this business where I have the control. I can't get fired. These are literally my clients, and you know, if if I get ticked off at my current uh, custodian or broker dealer, I can leave and go go to any other one that I want, and I'm taking my clients with me, and nobody's going to come after me with a lawsuit. So, it's awesome.
2: You know, I want to wrap up with with two quick points. One, I, I, I don't know how we missed this. Another reason to be on the independent side when you want to retire: control of yeah. how to dispose of your life's
1: work. Yeah, yeah, it, that that that's a huge one. Yeah, that, that, that's like two episodes right there.
2: Right, succession so,
1: uh, planning. Yeah, I think so.
2: Um, but you know, I think the last, I think the last thing I'm going to say about this is just to put it in perspective. Would you guys say now we're talking for? You know, I don't want to offend you. somebody somebody's pretty deep into production, right? We're, we're not talking about a, you know, third year, $200,000 producer, right? I think that in terms of payout, once you get, you know, 500 to a million and, and north of that in, in payout, most of the major firms employee model, when you add in the benefits, the 401k match, deferred comp, the taxes they pay for you, what are we looking? High 50s, low 60s in terms of total Compensation percentage of payout
1: almost every time,
2: yeah. yeah. And then on the independent side, cover independent broker dealer and RIA sixty five to seventy five percent. After all said and done,
3: yep, probably
2: it's a roughly guys. It's a roughly ten percent difference, give or take a little bit, depending on your on how you run your business.
3: But so that's a good point that Brad made about okay, what you can sell your practice for. So if I'm that guy that I'm I'm sixty years old or fifty five years old maybe you're maybe you're going independent and knowing that hey i'm going to be able to sell my practice whenever i re- retire and just just think of all the money you just made yourself cuz you know that checks coming and i've heard of uh, raas buying out independent practices and paying big multiples these last couple of years so um, it's it's definitely something to consider yeah yeah i, yeah, I we agree yeah to talk about that
2: well, from everything from how to how it's structured to how it's financed to
1: there's so much we could talk about. Uh, yeah. We, about. We'll, we'll, definitely do a, a show on succession planning or selling yeah. a practice, uh, because yep. it's a big deal. And, and Jeff, who is, uh, you know, out on the boat tonight, I think, uh, you know, he he's had, he's had experience on the other side of that buying a practice that, so, you know, there's a, there's huge opportunity here uh, and lots to talk about. Look, I want to, um, I want to, I want to just kind of leave everybody with some final thoughts here. You know, there's there's a lot more out there than what that baseline total payout on the <laughs> on their ad is or on the website when you're sorting it. Make sure you dig. That's that's what I think that's what Brad's point is. That's definitely what Greg's point is. Make sure you dig. Make sure you're leaving for the right reasons and um, and really put your due diligence into it. Uh, we hope the show brought you a lot of value today. Uh, the best thing you can do for us uh, if, if you haven't already, leave us a five star review. Uh, share this with your friends. You know, our goal is to really bring good information and talk about things that we're passionate about. We love we love the financial services practice. This is a great career. So, the more you can share us, we'll try to share our what we've learned along the way. Uh, you can also reach out to us if you want to. Uh, you want to be part of something big. We're we're forming a group that we think will have a lot of value where we get to talk to you personally and coach and share things with you. And if you're thinking about going independent. Uh, if you've been considering this, you definitely want to sign up for this because we're going to share a lot around that as well. And that's you can go to our website at thefaedge.com. Again, that's com. Hey, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week.